Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hello, my friend. I am so glad you're here. And we're just having a moment here on the Heart of Dating podcast. We keep on growing. We keep tackling really hard and tender subjects. And I just love the community that has grown and sprouted from all of this. Today, we're talking about reclaiming your worth with Carrie Scott Garcia. And I truly believe you guys, you're going to marvel at this conversation with Carrie Garcia today. She is a powerhouse of truth and encouragement. She has personally been such an encouragement to me in my life, and she has empowered me unlike any other, and I am so grateful for the woman that she is. Today, actually, Carrie and I dive into this incredible concept that I love, which is that like attracts like, which in essence is the idea that when you truly, from your head to your heart, know that you are worthy, you attract worthy people. You attract quality people. But as I wrote about in my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, so many of us are not walking around like this is true, especially when it comes to dating and putting ourselves out there. As a pastor, life coach, author, and CEO, Carrie Garcia has been inspiring change in others by boldly sharing her journey to freedom. Carrie is not afraid to wade through deep waters because she has seen firsthand how God's true redemptive purpose for our lives does not begin once we're free from pain, rather it stems directly out of that pain. Today, Carrie is on a mission to redefine freedom for others through her nonprofit Freedom Movement. Since 2014, she has fostered an environment at Freedom Movement where anyone can begin to process and heal. Whether they're taking their first or their last step on the road to freedom through the organization's tours, events, workshops, and one-on-one coaching. And y'all, I am definitely going to one of her workshops and events next year, and I can't wait for it. Carrie is also the author of The Exchange, an interactive nine-week course through which she guides individuals and groups from hurting to hope with readings, videos, and reflections. Now, before we get into this incredible conversation, I want to share with you guys that our Heart of Dating Conference is back. It's back, you guys, February 12th, 2022. It's going to be both virtually and in person for the first time ever. We're going to have two ways to join. You can come to Orlando, Florida at LifeBridge Church and join us in real life, or you can come virtually where you'll get just about the same experience as if you come in person. With our brand new state-of-the-art social network, mobile app, and conference technology, you're going to feel like you're attending the conference in person with us. All attendees are going to be able to build a profile and connect with other singles, watch sessions live, live chat with conference attendees, have access to the schedule conveniently all in one location, access 15 plus hours of content after the event, join organized meetups in your city, add photos, and so many other things. You guys, we have truly upgraded the entire virtual experience. So no matter where you are in the world, don't get FOMO if you can't come to Orlando. Orlando is going to be just like a giant watch party. It's going to be a hybrid conference. Not every speaker is going to be live in person. So if you can only come virtually, come join us virtually. 
Your virtual ticket will give you access to multiple live stream sessions on Saturday, February 12th, as well as tons of videos of pre-recorded content from our incredible speakers. Registration on your virtual ticket also includes a fully virtual second day with online speed dating and even more mingling. We have speakers including the amazing Anthony O'Neill, Rich Wilkerson Jr., Levi and Jenny Lusco, Luke Lazan, Camilo Buchanan, Deb Valeda, J.D. Rogers, Cad Harris, David Marvin, Stephanie Mae Wilson, and other people that are still being added, you guys. It's also really important to note that not all these speakers will be live in person in Orlando, which is why I just want to keep pushing the incredible virtual ticket. You're going to feel like you're there with us in person. You can get an early bird ticket right now until December 31st, New Year's Eve. You can go to hodc2022.com to get in on this conference right now. All right, guys, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see you in February. But until then, I am thrilled for this conversation with Carrie Garcia. She is stellar, such a powerhouse. This conversation rocked my world, and I think it's about to rock yours too. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Carrie. Oh my gosh, we have Carrie Garcia in the house. Welcome to Heart of Dating, girl. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so excited to talk about dating. Come on, let's go. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited. We were planning a few months ago, we were like strategizing and planning for the next season of Heart of Dating. And I was like, we have to have Carrie on the podcast. Like when I came on your podcast, when we spoke together, I was like, Oh my gosh, this where has this woman been my whole life? Like why have I, <laughs> I why am I just same. finding out about her? <laughs> I started reading stuff from your book and I'm reading it on my podcast and I'm starting to cry while I'm reading. <laughs> I'm like, what's ha- this woman wrote a book and it's about my heart. It was just awesome. It was so good. I love, I love it. And then we come to find out we have all these mutual friends. I know. And I, I just, I love that. I love how God connects people through digitally. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the one huge blessing I think from COVID too, is like the amount of digital friends I've yes. made is, has been you know, has grown exponentially and mm-hmm. I love it. And now I'm excited because I start getting to meet some of these people in real life. So we have to meet in real life. Okay. Yeah, let's just name the time. I'll fly in kid. I'm there. <laughs> it's happening. It's <laughs> happening. Well, for people who don't know you, they're going to be swept away by your presence today. I just know mm-hmm. it, but you are a powerhouse of a woman so rich in the Holy spirit. You love the Lord. You have such an incredible testimony. And so first of all, tell the people a little bit about what you do currently, what you're passionate about. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then we'll get into some of your dating background. Okay? All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> let's see. I, I always am interested when this question comes around because you know, it's <laughs> yes. like, what, where do you start? So I, I kind of like Technically, or you know, what I do is I study and am involved in what's called narrative trauma story coaching. So I basically help people to bring about the places of their story, the places where there's been harm in their story, and the places where kind of the enemy is kind of latched on, whether it's deep in their story from when they were a kid or throughout their story currently, where those places need to be tended to and cared for and healed so that, because we want to say so that, we can start stepping into the particularities of our calling because we I truly believe that the particularities of your harm 
bring about in the hands of God the particularities of your calling. And so we, mm, we really help yeah. people try to uncover those places where, gosh, I've loved God forever, but I want to, how come I am not free? Why am I not experiencing the life of being fully alive? And so I help them do that through what we call story or what I call story coaching. I, I run a nonprofit called Freedom Movement, and that's kind of the mothership of all the things that I do. We, we do an evangelistic tour um, that's launching in September. And so I get to, I get to kind of just work with people. The bottom line is I want to help people live out their God-given purpose through the story work that I do and just through biblical truth and um, and stop like pretending. Like, let's just get honest about what's going on. And so I just help people get honest and not stay stuck. That's oh, what I try to it's do. So, I mean, it's so good. I mean, if okay, if people haven't listened to you, we did an interview together and I love, like that interview that we did was unlike any interview I'd done. And I didn't been doing a lot of interviews for my book, uh, you know, when it was coming out, but the way you spoke into my life, what you brought out in me, even during that conversation, I was like, oh my gosh, like this woman is so gifted. And like, it's truly so evident that you are anointed for exactly what you're doing, Carrie, mm, like seriously, so beautifully anointed for it. Um, I was like, I wrote this book with so many different layers of healing. And then you brought even more just in that conversation. I was like, yes. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But obviously you have a story to have gotten to be a woman who is helping people through their own narratives of trauma and to, to help them navigate those waters comes with, you know, usually almost all the time being that you have a story of your own. And and I know some of that also has to do with the relationships, dating, and we talked before this and I know I'm just going to say it, but that you've been engaged a few times and yep. married a few times. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're married now as well. Yep. And so there's some stories there. Mm -hmm. um, I I would love to hear about a little bit about your dating history as we get into this conversation about worthiness today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I mean, here's dating history is, is really, especially for women. Well, I'm going to say for men and women, dating history is really kind of this look at my heart history. So, um, because what we're, what we're really mapping out is we're, we're trying to move from those relationships in our home, our, our familiar relationships, our family of origin relationships and into the world. So it really gives us a map of what's going on in my heart. Um, and so, um, for me, my, my map and, and what was going on in my heart was very much shown out in my actions, but also in the kind of people I was dating and, and what that looked like. And so the, the rescuer part, as me wanted to always date people that needed rescuing because that's part of my story. Um, so that, that looked like even starting, gosh, uh, you know, my freshman year of high school, my, my kind of my first serious boyfriend, I was 15 years old and he was 22. And at the time you're like, oh man, I'm 15. That's so cool. Right. He's 22. Now I look back <laughs> and I'm like, gross. What was wrong yeah. with that actual man? Right. Like <laughs> he was an actual man clearly problems, um, but ended up being in relationship with the on and off. And we ended up, we were, I was an addict for almost 10 years. And um, for him and I, which I have 20 years sobriety last month, I got my coin, my 20 year yes, chip. It's such a scary. cool thing. I know, oh, isn't that huge? Gosh, congrats, um, but he was, wow. a, isn't that awesome? So he was a part of a lot of that beginning story of this mapping out of what was really broken in my heart. And he was, he was really a part of that and kind of an outcome of some of that. And we ended up getting engaged um, under a bridge that we were living under, uh, you know, cause that's a really cool proposal. Uh, but that ended up obviously kind of falling apart, got engaged again, was engaged actually five
five times, um, married twice, and always just kind of like, man, if I could just, I find these kind of broken birds and 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 I'm going to be the rescuer. I'm going to be the one that fixed them um, because yeah. that's going to make me feel a sense of worth. And it, you know, they they saw something in me that I actually think was the Holy Spirit, um, but they saw something in me that felt like, oh, she's going to be able to take care of me. And I was all too willing to step into that role. Um, and so that was just like automatically, well, then let's just get married. And I'm like, okay, let's get married. And um, three of them fell apart. Um, and one of them I did marry. That marriage ended up falling apart. Um, and then I'm married to my husband now for forever. Um, but, <laughs> but that's kind of the back history of what that looked like messy, lots of engagement. Yes, I kept the rings. Everybody always asked that. Um, I kept all of <laughs> oh them. Oh my gosh, people always ask that. Always. That's so funny. What'd you do oh with the gosh. rings? And I'm like, they were a gift, they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sadly, oh I did pawn one and went to Europe. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, thank you, Paul Fambrini, for that. But I, uh, and we've had good relationships since then. Uh, oh but I, you know, yeah, I, I did keep the ring. So I, that's just a question people want to know. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, something that I want to know hearing your story is you're bringing up a role that some a lot of people often take, which is the role of the rescuer, the role of like, I'm stepping into this role of being a rescuer because that brings me value to be able to come to this relationship. And it, what it ends up doing is it turns into a toxic hole of codependency, you know? And so um, I'd love to just know a little bit more about that. Cause that, I, when you said that, I was like that, that me, that me as well. That was my story. And like very much like, Oh, I see things in your life that I can fix. Let me help you. And they're like, you're this amazing creature. And da, 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 da. Right. they're like, yes, help me. And then, you know, toxicity from there. But I would love to hear just like what that looks like stepping into the rescuer. What did you learn? And what are some signs that you might be, you know, mm -hmm. stepping into that role of a rescuer? I think, th I think the question we have to ask ourselves is whatever we're going hard after, we often want for ourselves. So in me being the rescuer, it was because truly I, I needed rescuing. Uh, if I want to be the hero in the, in the relationship, it's, it's truly because I actually need a hero in my, in my own story. Um, if I'm, if I'm judging, it's because I've been judged, you know? So the question often, wh what I saw was, this is a problem with the people. Why do I keep picking bad people? That's, that like was a lot of my, why do I keep it, keep it, you know, these are all these bad guys. There's no good guys out there. I keep picking bad guys and these bad guys are attracted to me. And I'm just in, I just want to help everybody. And the reality is, is there is a sense of saviorism, a sense of control, a sense of if I'm the rescuer, then I actually am so busy rescuing you that I don't actually allow you into my heart. Because to allow you into my heart to really see the underbelly of what's going on is way too risky. Because when I've done that in the past, it was not cared for well. And so in so my coping mechanism and moving into codependency is a sense of going, gosh, if I can really just focus on you, then I actually don't have to have you focus on me. Even though I really want that, there's no one worthy. There's no one safe to be able to help me um, really in what I'm needing. And so I'm actually looking, you know, to rescue, to be the hero, because in a sense, I think so, you know, subconsciously or consciously that that in turn 
is going to actually heal me when, when all it does is actually create the opposites. It's counterfeit to healing. And so I I think like, I, I know we had brought up like the idea, like I started to come around and understanding after I've done a lot of my own story work and my own personal work is that this idea around like attracting like, Um, and and that, that really started, I started to see like, wow, you really do attract who you are. And that Mm. sucks. If you're looking at that and you go, well, I'm dating a really crappy human. And that does, are you saying that that means that I'm crappy? Like, am, am, like if I'm dating someone that's abusive, am I abusive? Um, Does that, is that what you're trying to say? And, and in essence, I'm going to push and say, well, if you're not outwardly abusing, how much are you abusing you? And and so you, you really are like attracting like. And so although you might not be hitting someone or you might not be manipulating, where are those blows going into your own internal life? And that started to kind of, that that began the the curiosity for me around why does this keep happening? Because I'm I'm dating people that are not, they're not healthy, but wait a minute, I don't know if I am you know? Yeah. I mean, this is what you're tapping on is something I'm, I'm so equally passionate about it too, Carrie, because it was exactly my history of like dating over and over and over and over. And I had a spirit, like a time in my life where it was 10 years of back-to-back dating from 14 to 24, never being single. And then the end of that stint ended up being a two and a half year abusive relationship, which was just abusive in every way and horrific in every way and so destructive. And when I finally got out of that relationship, I had to take some hard looks at like, what were the patterns that led me to this place? You know, it's not just I'm a victim and everybody sucks in the world. Mm -hmm. There's some element of I had, I played a part in this in some capacity. And the part that I played was I didn't love myself. And I, I say this, like you have to learn to love yourself to not lose yourself because you will lose yourself in the face of the world. And especially in dating in a relationship, when you don't know who you are, when you're looking to find your value from other people. And when you're constantly, what you just were bringing up, like telling yourself, you're already being self-abusive. But mm-hmm. if I, and I was, I was being so self-abusive for years before my actual abuser stepped onto the scene. And so even though it felt weird when he was being abusive at first emotionally, it was like, this is jarring. That ha- Okay. Like there was still somewhere in me that's like, but he's, he's saying things that I actually believe already, you know, like uh, somewhere yeah. down there, it resonates, you know? And so it's, even though I fought against it, like there was still something in me that I didn't walk away because I still, I believed those things too already about myself in ways. And it just exasperated it. I mean, and this is just for anybody listening, because I want to be so careful, right? If you are in an abusive situation, this is not a place to have any sort of shame for right. yourself um, of like, oh my gosh, well, it's all my fault. And if you if you go down that spiral, you will only get more stuck. And that's not that's not what we're trying to say. I think the you can even you can I'll, I'll hand it back to you, Carrie. You say like, what are we trying to say right now? <laughs> uh, what we're trying to say is first of all, get out of anywhere that is causing harm to your heart and your body. Um, and it, you, that's the, that's just the first step you, you have to get out of there. Um, it's not love and they are partnering with an enemy against your very soul. And so, um, so that's first and foremost, there is also, we, there is no 
I don't have blame like where I'm like, well, you know, you deserve it because like attracts like. So hear this very clearly for those that are listening. What we are talking about, what I am talking about is that if you want freedom and if you want healthy relationships, then we are going to have to look inward and start to heal what has been broken. So that's what this conversation is about. Anyone harming you, 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 you have the authority, power, and, and ability to, move, to remove yourself and should. Um, but then what do we do? How, how do we look at this? Because really what we're looking at is data. So let's remove like the, the emotions here, but let's look at the data. The data says our, our dating relationships are a map. They are a data of what we have experienced in our home. So they are, they are a map for us. They are a, they're kind of like a key on a map and they're letting us know what, what's going, what's been going on in those probably early years of something that was missed for us, something that needed to be cared for, needed to be tended to. And I don't care if you grew up evangelical Christian home, white picket fence, and (laughs) you know, everything looked good on the outside. If you're in toxic relationships or you're in relationships where you're constantly feeling manipulated, put down, or just like, man, like they're just not good people. You know, there's not like, they're just like lazy or maybe they're just like, they're not, they're not taking pride in their own personhood. I want to stop and go, let's look at the data. Let's look at the data and see what the map is telling us because these relationships outside of what we do in jobs, relationships hit to the core stories of our life and they start to replay what we've lived in, in our early formative years. So that might not be fun to look at. And you could go, well, I was in an abusive relationship and my father was never abusive to me. So why did that happen? Well, abuse is actually not the issue. It's an issue to get out of, but there's deeper writing things that somewhere says there's a narrative and you could probably speak to this more, but there's a narrative that says that love hurts, that that I've got to earn it, that I'm not worthy of kindness, that that there's a narrative that the enemy has started very early on and latched onto it. And every time we had data in a relationship that fed that narrative, it became intensified and bigger and more of a truth and belief system for how we see love and relationship. And so I think like what's important is, gosh, we have to take a step back and go, I just need to kind of assess the data here. What does the map look like? What's the data telling me? The data is telling me that I was engaged five times. Um, That amount of data is letting me know, and especially the kind of caliber of person I was engaged to, except for the one that I'm engaged to and now married to. Uh, So those (laughs) four times gives me a lot of data. At 15 years old, I found my myself in the arms of a man who's a man who's 22 years old that tells me a lot about some about things in my story tells me a lot about where my where my heart was needing actually fatherly care where my heart was actually where I was the story in my home was trying to constantly rescue a mom who had mental illness who had bulimia very severe bulimia ended up committing suicide 
there's a story there, right? I don't just at 15 years old fall into the arms of a man, which by the way is predatorial. And yeah. I mean, let's name it for what it is. Yeah. I'm like, that's a seven year difference. And you were under 18. Okay, and I was under 18. So <laughs> yes. let's look at predatorial behavior here. And, 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 you know, my dad's a good dad. He loves me and he's bro- broken and fallen, but there's data and the data doesn't lie. And it's telling me that there is a depth and a need that needs to be cared for. And I was not getting that in the home that I was in. And I didn't know that I could go to God to even feel that. So what swoops in? A predator. And he swoops in and he takes advantage of a little girl. And that is something that we have to start looking at in our relationships of like attracts like. Really, I'm not a predator, but what the like attracting is there is a deep brokenness in this man who who clearly has a story. And there's deep brokenness in me. And I have a lot of forgiveness for him. And we've actually worked through some things together in the last few years. But I need to look at the story for the truth because if the truth sets me free, then I actually have to start looking at the hard truth of data that's telling me there's deep, deep brokenness here that needs to be tended to. So this is such a beautiful moment for people to be like, okay, we need to get to this point of awareness and looking back and saying like, there is a pattern, there's data that's proving that there's a pattern going on here that I need to analyze. And where I want to also take the conversation is there may be people listening that have looked at some of the data. They're seeing some of the patterns. But what what can sometimes happen is looking at the data can sometimes lead us into a place of stuckness. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it can lead us into a place of, look at all the things that have happened to me. Guys are always so terrible to me. And you become a victim, you know, to the things that have happened to you instead of the other option is to be empowered to say, how am I going to take my power back and heal myself and walk, go through the sludge to get to the other side? So, and what I see and what I'm currently, what I'm currently seeing so much of is so many people that are, they see some of the patterns of the past. They see some of the trauma and they probably need to even do more digging, but they're living with almost this pattern of a self-fulfilling prophecy that Mm -hmm. the world is out to get them. Dating sucks. Nobody's ever going to choose me. No guy will ever be good to me or no girl will ever be good to me. I'm going to be stuck single forever. This is a hopeless process. And then it leads to, well, all nothing ever getting better, you know? And so How do we, I know you've talked about this too, Carrie, but having like almost like this heck no moment, like a moment where you're like, I'm not, no, I'm not going to be a victim to these circumstances anymore or to the trauma that has held me down for so long. Mm -hmm. How does somebody go from looking at the data Mm -hmm. to getting to that heck no moment and then actually doing the work to move forward? Okay. So great question. And here's the reality. I was raised in the church, evangelical church, and the church said to me, and I'll just say this metaphorically, big C church, come to know Jesus. When you come to know Jesus, I mean, I remember like on the flannel board, I'm on one side, there's the pit of hell in between me 
And then on the other side is heaven and there's a cross in between that. And I accept Jesus. I get to walk across the cross and I get to go to heaven. And although that's true in, in essence, the reality is, is that we as people want to move from a Friday experience to Sunday. We want to avoid Friday and Saturday, you know, the death and the burial, and we want to just move to Sunday. And here's what I would say, like, yes, it's one thing to see the data. That's the first step. But the second step is we actually have to walk through the grieving process of what it is meant to sit in your story. And you cannot do that alone. We were built for community. What was broken in relationship must be healed in relationship. And this is why God said in the garden, it is not good for you to be alone. I need to provide a suitable partner for you. Now understand that the word connecto means someone that is like you, but also someone that is different. So we look at that relationally we in, in dating relationship and we look like that in friendship, but we need somebody who is going to hold and witness our pain, witness our story. The problem that I see so often in church settings and even in friendship settings is we want to bypass the pain of Friday and Saturday and just give them Sunday. But God's got it. You don't need to be, look at, you're a great woman. You're so awesome. Those guys are jerks, but you're amazing. You are doing a disservice to the human heart because what they really need is to go, can you tell me more about what it was like for you? when you were seven and you were bullied on the playground and you felt like you were worthless and you began that narrative and you start to share that story. Can you tell me more about that? Because I want to witness that moment with you. And as I'm witnessing that moment with you, I'm actually entering into Friday and Saturday. What happened for Jesus? If we're to walk like Jesus, Jesus had to die he had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He had to walk through it. He had to be buried so that he could rise. We cannot bypass our story or our healing with good um, aptitudes and, and feelings and good words and silver linings. We cannot do it. It is a disservice to the people in your life, and it's a disservice to you. I don't want you to stay a victim in any way, shape, or form. But it isn't until you start having a witness to your pain and a witness to your story that someone allows you the space to grieve so that then you can move towards places of restoration, repentance, forgiveness, because you have not been alone. Because what was broken in the family of origin can actually begin to be healed in the family of God. And so that's that's where I'm like, man, there's got to be a big shift in how we begin to hold space for people's stories yes, and how yes. we begin to hold space for someone's experiences. Awareness is not enough. To yeah. be aware is is spirituality that leads, in my opinion, to death. Because I don't want to just be more aware of my problems. Trust me when I tell you I'm pretty aware. I want to be healed. <laughs> Yes, I, I want to be healed. Yes. I want to resurrect. Absolutely. But resurrection does not come through bypassing what needs to be grieved, what needs to be named, and what needs to be addressed in, well, what, what was I actually needing at seven? What was I actually needing at 15? What was I actually needing at 24? What was I needing in those moments that, that I was not met with? And the bottom line is what I'll say is, you have to face the truth of what you experienced, and you also have to look at the truth of what you have believed that is not true. So I have to look and go, I am not actually a victim. God says that I'm this, and I can hold both of those up to each other, but I actually can't do that, even neurologically, if I've not allowed myself and someone else has allowed the space for me to actually grieve 
what I've experienced so that I can get to the valley of the shadow of death. We cannot avoid it. This is such a fun podcast. Uh, I love it. I love it. I'm like, yes, girl. Let me ask you, is there something interfering or preventing you from really being in a healthy dating relationship? I don't know about you, but for me, dating has become a huge eye-opener of things in my life that I personally need to reflect on, heal from, and grow in. It's like when you start dating, the floodgates of past things come bubbling to the surface. It's like, okay, gotta deal with them. Anyone else feel me on this? Now, instead of being afraid of those things, what's helped me through this process is not only mentorship from other peers, but actually going and seeking counseling. Y'all know what I'm saying, therapy. Now, many of you guys ask me for therapy resources, and the issue is I don't know therapists all around the country, but I found a solution. Today, I want to introduce you to something I know you're going to love called Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a Christian-based online therapy service. They're going to assess your specific needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist that is the best for helping you through whatever you're going through. The best part is it's a solution for anyone who wants traditional mental health counseling, but wants it done from a Christian lens. That's especially why I love this service. And get this, you guys, you can fill out your needs and start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. That means get off here right now, fill out a form and start communicating with someone tomorrow. And for my listeners not in the US, you guys, this is available worldwide for you. Let me tell you, I have been doing therapy from the comfort of my home since the beginning of 2019, and it's been a game changer for me. You can show up in your jammies and feel super relaxed. You can log into your account anytime and send messages to your counselor, aka when you're having a down day, and you can expect a timely and thoughtful response. If for any reason you need to change counselors, you can do that for free. Now let's talk money, 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 because I know you guys are thinking about it. One of the top reasons I love Faithful Counseling is because it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and there's even financial aid available. So good for all of us single dating people on a budget, you know what I'm saying? Now, I cannot be more thrilled to share this with you guys today, and right now, for Heart of Dating listeners, Faithful Counseling is offering you 10% off your first month by visiting faithfulcounseling.com forward slash heart of dating. Therapy is hands down one of the best decisions I've ever made for my life, you guys. You will never regret investing in your own personal growth. So I highly encourage you to check it out and get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com forward slash heart of dating. Now, if you haven't heard yet, I wrote a book on rejection. It's called Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose and Learn to Fight for Yourself. Now, I know with confidence that this book is going to help you face your past rejections, heal from the ones you're going through currently and prepare you for the future of rejections that may come. It's all of my darkest stories of rejection combined, from betrayal to heartbreak, abuse, abandonment, feeling like a total failure, not fitting in, being uninvited, wondering where God is within all of the pain, and even in the tragic ways in which I've self-rejected through self-hatred, insecurity, and body shame. Friend, I just truly cannot wait for you to get your hands on this book. Now, here's something else I want you to know. After years of helping others with their dating life, this year I found myself thinking I was in the middle of my own redemption story. When suddenly I got broken up with by the man I thought I was going to end up with. When I wrote this book, I never considered that the very words I'd write would end up being the exact thing I desperately needed to heal my own heart this year. I have spent many nights since that breakup on my hands and knees crying out to God in utter pain and frustration. But simultaneously, 
I have thanked God through the tears for the powerful healing that this book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, has provided for my own heart. Knowing what I know today, I gotta say this, I'm so grateful that God did not give me what I thought I wanted. Today, with more confidence than ever, I wanna shout, thank you for rejecting me. And friend, I want more than ever for you to be able to claim that for yourself too. Whether you're dealing with self-rejections like body insecurity or self-hatred, whether you're lonely and dealing with a massive heartbreak, whether you've been abandoned by someone important to you, maybe you consistently don't feel like you fit in anywhere. Maybe you've been betrayed or horrifically abused. Maybe you felt weighed down by sexual shame. Maybe you feel like a failure from all the closed doors in your life. Maybe you're stuck wondering where God is within all of it. Well, guess what? We're talking about all of that in this book. What I've learned through my years of rejection is this. Rejection can try to have its way with us, but that doesn't mean we can't have our way with rejection. If you want to support me, you can go to thankyouforrejectingme.com or tyfrm.com and you can order your book right now from your favorite book site. Friend, I am so excited to be on this journey with you. I did not have the language for any of this years ago, you know, and, and I'm so grateful that we're moving more into a space, even within the church where we're talking more about mental health. We're talking more about combining the word of God with tools and even, you know, therapy tools. And, and over here where we can meld these together to be stronger and to actually transform our minds. You know, as the Bible says to be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Well, when my neural pathways are so set in this direction, it's, it's not just as easy as snapping my fingers and being like, it's yes. actually impossible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And so when we just, when we only slap the Bible verse on, or when we only say, God will take care of all of it. We're not allowing the space for um, the true healing and transformation. And we're basically saying like, I'm to the person when we do that, like I'm not willing to go on the journey with you. I'm just going to keep pointing you over here and we'll let God take care of it. But we're not saying, hey, but I actually care about what you're going through and I want to link arms with you on this journey. And what does that reiterate to the person? That reiterates- Okay. Yeah. I'm alone. Oh, I'm too messy. I got my, I'm too like, yep. See, I knew it. I knew that, that they couldn't witness what I've experienced. And we're looking at this through the grid of humanity, but let's look at it through the grid of Jesus. He grieves, goes into the garden and takes people with him to say, I am overwhelmed with grief to the point of despair. This is what he says. And then he goes into the father to, to go, God, I don't want to do this. And, and the Holy, you know, God speaks to him. We don't know what he says, but, but we know that three times as, as Jesus is asking for him to, to give him comfort, to let this pass, something supernaturally happens. And when you bring up the word, like it's the renewing of our mind, that word in the Greek actually means that it's an outside job. You can't actually transform your mind. The caterpillar comes along, it creates the cocoon and inside the cocoon, the trans, the, the butterfly comes, right? We are actually called to be cocoons for people to hold space and be spaces of safety so that the Holy Spirit can do what he does well. And that's actually to renew and transform the mind. You're never going to think yourself right. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to come in and transform those neuron pathways. But what are we called to do as the body of Christ? And just as a kind friend 
to come yeah. along and say, you know what, you're not too much for me and you're worth it enough to sit here and hold this space. I can't fix you, but man, I can listen, I can hear, and I can direct you to the power of God that I believe can actually transform your mind because he's done it in my own story. And that's what my hell, my heck no, <laughs> that's, yes. what, that's what it is. It's, the, it's, it's really this truth that says, hell no, heaven yes. Hell no, not on my watch will this continue to happen. Something happens in your story. When you begin to get healing and when you, and we see it in your book, I mean, you know, thank you for rejecting me is not like a really like fun title that, <sighs> that, because that's come with a lot of story, right? Like that means a lot, but there is a heck no, not on my watch. Will this continue to happen on the planet and, and heaven? Yes. And that has come at a cost because that means that you have tasted the depth of a story that has been so filled with heartache but you have allowed it to be tended to. You have allowed what was broken in relationship to be healed in relationship by, by the body of Christ and by friendships and therapists holding that space for you. And it has begun something deep. The particularities of your pain produce the particularities of your actual calling, your vocation on this planet. That's what's being offered. It's not just healing so that you can go out and date. That's, that's, yes, that's like yes. minuscule to yes. a whole healthy heart. That's the outcome of this really important work that God wants to do deep in your spirit and your soul. Yeah. I was at church the other week and the pastor, this was such a beautiful, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm sure when I say it here, but I'm going to, it was so profound. He was like, when the, the enemy sees you and he's like, this is, I know that if I don't if I don't stop this person, they're going to do amazing things. Right? right. So they're like, he's yep. hitting you down and hitting you down and hitting you down. And you're, you keep receiving all of these arrows. But within that, what God wants to do is he wants to take you, take you when you're tattered and the enemy has thrown all these arrows at you with all these traumas, either big T traumas or compounding of little T traumas. And what he does is he brings you into a slingshot and slings you so far past what the enemy is even can even even expect to happen because of all these things that have happened to you. And it's like, man, the enemy gets so upset that he, isn't he mad at that point that mm -hmm. he did all of that to you? You know what I mean? Yes. And it's just this picture that when you are in your lowest, it's the opportunity that is the most profound opportunity for deeper healing and nothing is wasted. Like God will utilize that if you are willing to have the acknowledgement, if you are willing to seek the healing and to do the actual grieving and do that work. Like, man, I just think for in my own story, if I hadn't been willing to go to that place, had that heck no moment or whatever, and propel myself and continue to choose it over and over and over because it is a choice because it gets really hard. And there are days where you're like, I just am done. I don't want to heal anymore. I'm, right, I'm over totally. it. You know, and you have to keep choosing over and over and over again. But gosh, at this point, looking back, I'm like, I never thought I would be in this specific place. Right. Same. But man, I'm so grateful. Man, yes. I am so grateful that I chose to go through the healing journey and not just stay stuck to all the horrible things that happened. And it transforms so much in your life. It transforms your purpose and your mission, your calling, which is the biggest thing, like, and how God wants to use you. But then now the, like you just said, another output is like, it transforms how I show up in dating. How can I still show up in dating? And even though I'm still unmarried and have gone through heartbreak upon heartbreak, even since I, you know, wrote my book, it's be how can I still enjoy dating? Because 
I know who I am right. because I, I am done the healing that the, those rejections, a guy not wanting to be with me, it not working out. Yes, it hurts and I grieve it, but it doesn't destroy me right. the same way that it used to in the past when I was putting my identity in that person, in that thing and looking for that validation, looking to rescue them, you know? And so when I hear women, we have a program called Drop the Hanky where guys submit videos and the girls get to have access to these videos. It's great because you see a guy's personality versus just a static image and stuff on dating apps. But the girl actually does the reach out first. She drops the hanky. And there's so many people that DM me that is like, I did it. And now if they didn't respond or they didn't like me back. And I feel so destroyed. Mm. And I'm like, oh no. Oh mm. my gosh. Like my heart breaks because I'm like, your intention going into it was a bit off, you know, and we have to come back to these moments right here. Because if you're going to put yourself out there, if you're going to, you know, drop the hanky, this is what an awesome opportunity to experience the healing that God has done in your life and say, I know who I am. I'm confident to do this. I know what I have to bring to a relationship and my worth and value doesn't depend on if the guy is interested in me, if he responds to me, if anything happens, if mm -hmm. anything, I'm just blessing him by telling him he's attractive or by telling him I think he's interesting, you know, and that is a win. That is such a win that you just were bold enough to do something you wouldn't have done in your past. But when we take it personally, when we take that rejection as like, I'm not worthy, no guy will ever choose me, nothing will ever be different in dating, then dating will always continue to look disappointing. It always will. Yes. And love, <laughs> I mean, what would it look like for you to go, all right, I don't know about this whole dating thing. This whole dating thing has been crazy. It's been screwed up. I've been dating all kinds of <laughs> losers and crazy people. But what would it look like to ask yourself the question, just, just to stop and pause? Because it, it feels a little bit like a hamster wheel. That's like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like it feels exhausting. Um, and I've lived in it. But to just stop and go, wait a minute, how free do I actually want to be? Like, how, how free do I want to be? And even if you say, I want to be free, but I don't deserve it. That's fine because I know we're I know we're dealing with a lot of narrative there. But if you're actually like, I actually really want to be free, then take the step for yourself to to figure out what that begins to look like for you. Because hanging, you know, hanging your hat on Mr. Right coming along, um, it, you you have already set yourself up because there is no Mr. Right. There is you being right with with God and you being close and intimate with God. And then there's men who will enhance your life and there's a husband who will enhance your life. Yeah. Um, potentially, uh, but they're not, they're not Mr. Right. They're not the everything in the end all the be all. They will not produce the freedom that you're desiring. And if that is at the core that I think my freedom and my happiness is going to come, even if it's a friendship, you know, in this friendship yeah. or this dating relationship or whatever, this is from brokenness. And this brokenness has to be addressed. So it will always come back to the question, how free do you want to be? And, um, and if you want to be free, then you have to get honest. You have to. Have to get honest. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Carrie. Ah, I love you, girl. I love you. I've been talking a lot about. Um, we just did a compatibility series on Instagram and on the podcast, and basically, I brought up a lot of things that you know are, are why people won't even consider dating someone. And by unearthing these things, such as height and weight and age differences, what I ended up realizing when I unearthed these topics is 
actually the reason why people won't date someone who's a different weight or has a very significant difference in weight from them or why somebody won't date somebody whose height is different from it, it than what they preferred is really it comes down to our own brokenness and our own insecurity. And so I think that ties so well into this conversation. I did that series on Instagram and I you responded yep. to it and I would love to hear just a little bit of your perspective and share what you shared with me on Instagram because yeah, it's I'm, a hot topic right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved that you did that. So I'm five, six, my husband is five, five and, um, I've never dated anybody that was shorter than me. Um, always dated someone. I don't know if I ever really thought about it to be honest with you until I dated someone who was shorter than me until I was interested in someone who was shorter than me. And of course, then that kind of that brought up the topic. It's always a weird thing for me. Like, what's, who cares? Uh, but people care. Um, and, yeah. and it really does. Oh, they do care. Yeah. Girl. We got yeah. more yeah, engagement on this series. Yeah. Than ever. I, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a really big thing. And I think there's something about, um, when someone is taller for a man, you know, it's like, okay, safety, they can protect me, you know? And, and I'm like, well, gosh, how silly. If someone comes in with a gun, I don't care if you're with someone who's seven feet tall or even someone three feet tall, like you, you, they got a gun. Like this, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, yes. but, I mean, really it came down to, I always say he's five, five, but I'm married up. And, and I actually say <laughs> yeah, that all it. the time because here's the deal. Mario was the outcome of my story, the healing in my story. Mario was a gift to me, I believe by God, but I, Mario does not make me whole. Mario enhances my freedom for sure. And he, he holds space for me and encourages, he encourages, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today without him. I would have, I mean, had I had been still very insecure, first of all, Mario would never have dated me. Um, Mario's too healthy. Um, he's too healthy of a man. He, he, he would never have dated me. It wasn't until after I got a lot healthier in my story that he was even attracted to me. Um, and then I would even have been attracted to him because to be honest with you, I would have been like, he's, he's out of my league. Like, I don't even, he's out of my league. He's five, five. He's out of my league. Um, but it's really been a beautiful thing. And my husband has wrestled with and talked about this, his own height stuff, you know, from the time he was a kid because of, you know, cultural norms. And uh, and him coming into a place of, of dating someone who is taller and I remember wearing heels one day. And I'm like, is this going to bother you? Because I'm really into like, you know, I like fashion and stuff. And he's like, he's like, you know, what's so crazy, Carrie. Like, I feel like when I walk down the street with you and people see you in these heels, I feel like I, I'm like, yeah, man, I handle all that. <laughs> and I was like, that's right, baby. Uh, so I think for both of us, it was really coming to these places of naming, oh, this might be a little, you know, let's have a conversation about this. But really it came down to like, I would have missed out on one of the greatest gifts that God wanted to, to give me, but not only give me, but that I, I needed actually for the continuation of the calling of my, on my life, because I would have given up if it wouldn't have been for Mario's God using Mario in my life. And so I, I just think a lot of that is, is very storied for us. 
a lot of that is storied and it's cultural storied and it's also personally storied that if you're actually going to swipe left or whatever, because someone is not tall enough or someone is not, you know, got the body that you want, I'm wondering where in your story are you needing someone to look a certain way so that you look a certain way? Mm. And and not, oh, not in condemnation do I want to say that, but in honesty of going, where is the where is the security and your worth and your identity? And and if you go, gosh, it's not that strong. That's okay. Good. Well, well job. Good job for naming that. But let's name that so that we can begin to heal in that. Because potentially you are you are missing out on the very thing your heart desires, all because your insecurity are, are leading your swiping and not your empowerment leading that. Yes. Oh, girl, that was so powerful. And that speaks to so many people because I think I, what I'm seeing right now, why I wanted to bring it up is because there's so many people who are, who are their, their mindsets are being challenged. They're like, oh my gosh, a guy asked me out that was shorter than I would have said yes to previously. And because I listened to the series, I said, yes, you know, and I'm like, yes, that is somebody that you would have missed out on, you know, or on a dating app, right. Where we were swiping and like, you see a guy and you're like, wow, his smile is so gentle. He seems so sweet. I love what he wrote on his profile. You scroll down, you see the height and you're like, "Mm, nope. And what I'm hoping that people will do is like, wait a second, until every moment, until you saw his height, you said you thought it was a yes. And then you saw the height. So what an opportunity to dig inward and mm-hmm. challenge yourself, just like what you just said. Like, hmm, I wonder where that's coming from and why and where my worthiness and my identity is being put. And it just isn't challenged enough where we, you yeah. know, this area of height and weight and things like that. And so I just wanted to touch on that because I think it has so much to do with worthiness. When I was looking through the stats and the DMs and uh, hundreds and hundreds of people wrote in on this, I'm like, there's so much to do when you really get to the root of it. And then I'm, I want someone taller because I, I, I don't like myself when I'm with somebody who's my height because I have an insecurity about X, Y, Z. And so in order for me to feel okay, cause I don't really want to address that fully. I need to be with someone who's taller, but instead of that, you're, you're, then that means your insecurity will never be addressed. You know, it right. may never be addressed or it will keep being exasperated in other ways if you don't go to the root right now. So girl, thank you so much for sharing that. I love that you're like, he's five, five, but I'm married up. I, girl, yes. I did. I mean, if you mean, <laughs> you'll be like, you did. I mean, I love me, but honestly, he's an, he's an incredible human being. Like I'm so, so he's an incredible dad and an incredible husband and has, has held my heart as I struggle. You know, I have my own mental illness stuff. And so like, that's ongoing and, and how he's loved me. I, I'm so grateful. I would have, I would have missed out. I'm so glad I, I, that I didn't. It, it's, mm. it's changed my life. Mm, I love it. I love it. Girl, I've been so enriched by this conversation today, by your presence. I adore you. And before we wrap up, I have to ask you the last question that every guest gets asked, which is, what is your final little nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? <laughs> Um, work on your story, <laughs> heal your story, allow yes. your story, allow your story to be healed. There, I, I'm sorry, there is no Mr. Right. There is exactly who, who's going to come into your life because you have invested the time to become exactly who God created you to be. And that is what freedom is, is to the courageous acts of loving who you are created to be. When you do that, 
you will date in a whole new way and with whole new people. And it will be a delight to you, but it will not complete you. It will not finish you. It will not be the everything. So my nugget is you are worth the work of putting in and nothing tastes as good as freedom. It just doesn't. Mm. And when you do that, the, you will see that the like attracts the like. It You're will. Gonna, it yes. Will. Like yeah. Even if they're five, five. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Because Even if they're five, five. Hey, yo. Character is just and true, then he will be so too. So you have to look at character. And you will not attract character if you don't, if you aren't working in the places of your character building yourself. So start there, friend. And I promise it looks, it looks different. In a year from now, it will look so different. And if you need help, I will help you in your story. That's what I do. <laughs> I love it. Well, speaking of that, how do people get connected to you if they do want to work with you or find out what all the amazing things are that you're doing, Carrie? Just hop on over, Carrie Scott Garcia on Instagram or CarrieGarcia.com. You can find all the stuff that I do there. And I have a lot of other things you can go look at, but for right now, start there. Say hi to me in my DMs. I hang out a lot in them uh, at Carrie Scott Garcia. And, and if you want to know more, just go to CarrieGarcia.com. And we would love to help you on your journey and your story. Um, it, it, you you will. Freedom is for you. I promise. Yes. I promise. Yeah. Girl, thank you so much. I love you. Adore you. This was amazing. I'm going to I'm gonna personally re-listen to this conversation because I felt filled up by it, okay? So there we go. <laughs> thank you. Thank All you right, so much, friend. girl. All right. Well, I told y'all Carrie is a powerhouse. I love that episode. I love Carrie. She truly sees people and calls out the gold in them. And she has such a gifting in that. So I'm just so grateful for the work that she is doing. You guys need to get connected with her. You need to go to one of her events, workshops, get her course, all of the things. She is the real deal. All right, guys, don't forget our Heart of Dating Conference. Come join us February 12th and 13th in Orlando or virtually, and your virtual experience is going to be epic. Don't worry about FOMO. You are going to have a phenomenal time, even if you come online. You can join in online anywhere in the world. So I really want to see you there, either in person or virtually. Come at it. Let's make it happen. Go to hodc2022.com. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.